Brian, I'm so confused. I, I have a mystery. Okay. So I'm not sure when they added it, but there's new features on Apple Watch that if you sleep with it, you can see all your sleep cycles, right? You can see when you're awake and deep sleep REM. So I've been wearing my watch to bed recently, and twice in the last couple weeks, I swear to God, I went to bed with my watch on, and I wake up, and it's charging on the charger next to the bed. I don't know how it got there. <laughs> what? Welcome to episode 442 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Lovin. And I'm Marshall Bach. Welcome back for another one. Brian, what we got on the docket for today? Oh boy, we are talking about some design lessons we have learned from mentors. And in the sidebar, we are going to be talking about visual aesthetics in modern digital design. Boy, oh boy, exciting stuff. But Marshall, before we do, the hot tub. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it expands. We got some new friends joining the crew. Welcome to the fam. Hey. Our new Very Important Pixels. Huge shout outs to Nick Crawford, Jonas Schutz, Jason Henry Roddy, Ava Duffy, Sarai Villalobos, Joyce Xiao, Elias Manolas, Hai Piao, Matt, Louis Solomon, Alex, Ben Tilden, Jordan Boudreau, Jessica Hu, and Quinn Huang. Hey, welcome to the fam, everybody. Come on, come on. Yeah, welcome, everybody. Welcome to welcome. the hot tub. We made room for you. There's there's still some room left, though, if you haven't become a Patreon member. Indeed. If you didn't know, we are a listener-supported podcast, which means that every week, people join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash design details, where for just a buck a month. Just a buck a month. You get access to bonus apps. We call that bonus episode the sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. It is an extra topic, extra listener question, extra little deep dive into a recent event or design news or topic, anything like that. Just bonus design details content for your eardrums. So that's at patreon.com slash design details for just a buck a month. Just a buck a month. Catch you in the sidebar. Thanks for supporting the show, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Good to have you on board. Okay, Marshall, tiny bit of follow-up. This is like not even follow-up. This is like kind of show announcement. This is like meta news desk. (laughs) 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 Okay, gang. So here's the deal. Um, We've just been incredibly, incredibly busy. I feel like, Uh you know, we started this podcast... (laughs) Eight years ago, yeah, as uh, at least I did, uh, as but a wee wee designer in my career, and sort of things have changed. I'm currently working on a new project. Things are staying busy at GitHub. Marshall, you're in a leadership position at, at YouTube and fucking cranking and grinding twenty four seven. And uh, you know, with all of this kind of adding up on top of trying to live a normal life and and have relationships and friends and like enjoy the experience of of living where we live and working in technology and going out and meeting people like all of this stuff has made it very very challenging to keep recording this podcast every single week so mm-hmm. so we're quitting just kidding <laughs> no we're <laughs> all of you that were worried that we're quitting i just wanted to scare them so that i could pull it back and be like no nope, no nope, we're not going anywhere the real answer is better in comparison to that right yeah say the worst case scenario first and uh-huh. then we'll we'll backtrack it. yeah it doesn't seem uh, so bad yeah no we're not quitting we're gonna go to a bi-weekly cadence this is what we've been doing for the last month just to feel it out so we've kind of did every other week for the last two episodes and it has helped a lot. Yes. We get back two nights 
on on that sort of week off. Three nights for me. Yeah. And it's been just a nice breather. Yeah. I feel like I have my life back, Brian. <laughs> like I feel like well, I, I'm very much a man of routine, you know. Yeah. I, I appreciate and, and love my routine and get angry when my routine is upset. But the routine was starting to become daunting every week and uh, I look forward to recording because it's an opportunity to chat with one of my best friends in the world uh-huh. and it's an excuse for me to force you to talk to me but uh, <laughs> it comes uh-huh. with on the backside hours and hours and hours of, of tedious editing that I also enjoy but it, it's a different thing when you know you have to do it in a time frame you know what I mean yeah we basically got I mean we had it down to a routine but the routine was such that our Monday nights were kind of booked Mm-hmm. Your Tuesday night was booked and my Wednesday morning was booked. And so it just sort of added up. Anyways, I don't think we need to belabor this point. I guess it's just worth calling out. I want people to to know transparently, like we're not fading away. We're just switching up the cadence. Um, we're not quitting the show. We just need a little bit more breathing room as you know, you and I are just busy with other projects. Um, I, I think people who have been kind of following the show know I'm working on something new and and you've obviously just been... Crushing it at YouTube, that comes with a lot more uh, expectations from people around you. So we're going to go bi-weekly. If you have concerns, questions, feel free to tweet at us, DM us. But hopefully uh, for people that have been kind of following along, at least for the last few years and certainly the last couple of months, maybe this won't feel too differently. So maybe a bummer for some people, but yeah, I feel like it's better to just come out. Like let's set expectations correctly, especially for people that are on the Patreon, obviously, our Patreon supporters will get double episodes every other week because we're still going to be recording the sidebar. Uh, we're just going to have that week off in between. Cool. Well, okay. I'm, I'm excited. I think this will give me more energy for every time we do record. I think so, too. And I think it will give us a little bit more time to like observe what's happening, to, like design news, new product launches, yeah. conversations we're noticing on Twitter, just... A little bit more time to accrue, like really in, more interesting and, and meaty topics. I hope exactly. that's kind of a, a secondary goal here, right? Yep. All right. Well, let's not belabor this. Let's get into the main topic for this week, Marshall. Yeah. Okay. So I was having a, a conversation with one of my mentees last week, and she was asking me how I would approach this design situation. And I didn't have a ton of detail on what exactly she was trying to do. So I I gave her some more general advice that I I have found useful uh, from people that I trust in my past. And all of it was new to her. And I was like, oh, wow, I guess these aren't as well known. I I figured I was just going to be preaching to the choir. Like, I didn't know any of that stuff. So I thought, well, maybe some of this stuff would be useful to share on the show. So uh, the main one that I wanted to share here was, uh, well, I'll keep people in suspense, Brian. I'll lead up to it with a little bit of story time, if that's all right. Yeah, please. Okay. When I was in college, a guest teacher came in to lecture for a couple classes during one of my animation classes. I went to school for media arts and animation. I wanted to work at Pixar and animate characters. Uh, Not exactly doing that now, but but Uh in college, that was the plan. Uh And so this guy came in, and he taught a couple classes, and he was incredibly knowledgeable about 2D animation, one of the best hand-drawn artists I've ever seen. His The way he drew, he would use a little tiny pencil and just grind the thing into the paper, the most sure, dark strokes of a pencil that you've ever seen in your life. And every single one would be perfect exactly where it was supposed to be. Amazing. Anyways, 
really respected the guy. And uh, he liked my work. I, I guess I showed some promise at a young age of like whatever, 19 or whatever. And he uh, asked me to interview to be part of, uh, to be an intern at his animation studio. This was so long ago, Brian, that it was actually a 2D animation studio, hand-drawn on pieces of paper where you flip through with your hands on a backlit animation disc. Tell me more stories about the good old days. Yeah, the good old days. Oh, man, (laughs) scanning shit in. Well, it was... You had to walk uphill both ways to get to the office. Yeah, yeah, in the snow. Yeah, for sure. Well, no, it was antiquated at the time. Even at the time, I was like, why are we not doing this on computers or whatever? But I I worked on a couple serial commercials for, like, tricks and lucky charms. Like, you know, pretty cool. But by the time I graduated... His little animation studio had kind of folded and he had moved on to another company, which was a slot machine company making digital uh, slot machines, you know, your one arm uh-huh. bandits, as you will. And when he got that job, he and I graduated, he helped me get an interview there. And I worked there for eight years before I ended up at Google. So during that eight years, I, I soaked up a lot of really great pieces of knowledge from this guy. His name's John Griffin, if I didn't say it already. Um, he was art directing a project that I was working on. It was called uh, Treasures of the Acropolis. It was like a Greek-themed slot machine. And for one of the bonuses, you would go into the Acropolis. The Acropolis is basically like a Parthenon. And for this bonus, the camera would move into the Parthenon. There's a giant statue of Athena on the far side. And uh, it's just really wide lens shot. So I, I mocked it up. I, I built everything in 3D. And I made the camera. And I pushed the camera in. And I changed the lens the focal length or whatever, I made it a wide angle lens to get the look that he was looking for. And I showed it to him and he was like, no, no, this isn't right. And I'm like, yeah, but well, but I, but I, you know, made it a wide angle lens and I'm, I'm looking at the, what you told me to do and, and you know, what's wrong with it. And he went to the side and very quickly with bold strokes drew this example of exactly what he wanted for me to reference. So I scanned it in and placed it over the camera as an overlay and like, sure enough, yeah, I was very off from what he had in mind. And, and I couldn't achieve that look with the camera. And eventually he, he told me, and this is the nugget that I wanted to share. <laughs> the thing he said was, it doesn't have to be right. It just has to look right. And this was anathema to my young mind. I was like, yeah, but the, but the math, but the numbers, <laughs> you know, yeah, John, yeah. I can't. It's it that'd be wrong. It that's not how it looks. I, I'm I'm using a real digital camera in here. This is how the lens would work. He's like, no, 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 make it look how I want it to look, not how it should be. So what I ended up doing is I ended up like grouping the entire building and applying a skew transform to it, and basically made it into like a trapezoid looking shape, and angled the sides of the walls heavily in towards the ceiling to further pronounce that angle that he was trying to get, and it from any angle other than the camera looked totally fucked. It was just like uh-huh. impossible MC Escher level of mm-hmm. shit. It just was not physically possible. It didn't look right from any other angle, but from that perfect angle of the camera, it looked exactly like what he had drawn. And then he was finally happy because I, I had given him what he wanted it to look like rather than making it correct. So that's a lesson that I've taken away from that specific example, but I think is applicable to a bunch of other examples. And I should preface this and say, I'm not saying that this is licensed to throw out all math and correct numbers and everything when you're, when you're designing, like you should be consistent, but sometimes it's okay to break the rules if you know what you're doing, right? If, you, if you're trying to achieve a specific thing, it's okay to bend or break those rules. 
And I have a couple examples of this that might be useful illustration. So uh, I was playing around with icons over the weekend, just making a bunch of icons for funsies. And I made a play triangle. And if you've ever made a play triangle icon, you know that you can't mathematically center the play triangle within the bounds of the square of the icon. If you do, it feels like it's too far to the left because the weight yep. of the mass of the thing, like the real estate is mostly pushed over to the left. So you have to cheat it to the right some amount until it looks right. And that amount is different depending on, you know, what size of icon it is and how many pixels you have to work with and blah, blah, blah. But like you, you have to cheat it and it's a different correct. You're really aligning it into the center of a circle, which is centered. But like just if you were to go straight up math of like, well, this is a 24 by 24 bounds and my triangle is 16 by 20. I'm just going to center it vertically and horizontally. And now I'm done. Like, no, no, no. And, and even to go further in the uh, icon stuff, like when you get down to pixel hinting, if you're trying to align things, like things don't have to align perfectly to the pixel grid. Well, one, we have anti-aliasing, which is super useful and high resolution screens to make this uh, not as necessary as it used to be. But you know, sometimes you want to be off the perfect 0.0 or 0.5 decimal because it looks right when you zoom out, right? 100%. I, yeah. I have I have one more example here. Mm -hmm. This is this is actually from the live YouTube app. So, uh in the YouTube mobile app, if you go to the library tab, there is a series of list items, right? You got history and your videos and watch later, all that stuff. And below there is playlists, and the playlists have a thumbnail to the left that is much larger than the icons that are normally to the left of the label on other list items. And in order to get all of those things to line up when they live on a surface together and you have icon list items followed by playlist list items, the icons are inset further than the typical page margin so that they are center aligned down that column with all of the other playlist thumbnails, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So... Normally, our, our margins on the left are 12 dips, but this adds an extra six dips on both the left and the right. So it feels like there is an 18-dip margin on the left, but really it's a 12 plus six. That's one of those things that's like, well, everything should align to the margins, key lines, etc. But this is one of those examples where it's like, well, we want to account for this eventuality such that these things work well together. So we broke the rules in this one case. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So anyways, those are all examples that I could think of off the top of my head for like, it doesn't have to be right. It just has to look right. So I like this story for a couple of reasons. One, I think it's a good lesson. It doesn't have to be right. It just has to look right. Like once you know the rules, you can figure out how to break them so that things are whatever, optically centered or just maintain a key line, even if you're fudging stuff by a pixel or two. And maybe you got to get into the code and like break out of your token system, whatever, as long as it looks right. That's what matters, what people are going to experience at the end of the day. But a couple other things I liked from that story. One is the example where he knew what he wanted in his head. I'm sure he probably knew how to do it in the tool that you were using, but he just drew you a sketch, right? It's uh -huh. like, it should be kind of like this and then let you figure it out, right? It doesn't sound, I mean, maybe there were some extra details here, but from the way you told it, it didn't sound like this person was particularly prescriptive. It was literally just like, it should feel like this. I don't care how you get there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you got to go and find the right approach, figure out the tool, whatever, right? 
Yeah, exactly. He was a an expert on drawing, and he was a great art director. He knew the look that he wanted that I could not provide, but I had access to the tools that he didn't know how to use. You know, so okay, he yeah. had to communicate his vision to me in order for me to achieve that. You know, he couldn't do it, do it himself. So I, I love that. I think that's a really cool like type of relationship to have is this like meeting of the masteries, right? It's like you're really good at what you do. I'm good at what I do. And we're trying to communicate how something should feel to the end user, but we're going to leave each other to our own devices to get there, right? That's cool. Uh, another thing that I liked from your story was, you know, it just kind of reminded me of the mentors that I remember that so far in my career. And it's generally not the person who says, yeah, it looks fine. Like, good job. It's more like, nope, it would be better if you did this. Like uh-huh. almost a hard ass, like maybe not an asshole, but like a hard ass, right? It's like, he was nice about it. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like there's something I like about that. I don't want somebody who just placates me and says, yeah, good job. Like it's good enough. You know, it's like, no, how do we make this great? <laughs> Even if yeah. it is just, I don't know, smaller things in the grand scheme of the universe about the way the Acropolis skews as the camera moves in or, the way a triangle is optically weighted versus mathematically weighted. Like nobody gives a shit in a hundred years, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. in the moment, like we're pursuing excellence and somebody is upholding you to that. They demand as much of you as they demand of themselves. And that's the kind of mentor that you should gravitate towards because clearly here you are however many years later and you remember that fucking example. You remember uh-huh. this one story. And I'm sure you have had many other people who you've worked with who, you know, you don't have any memories like that because they might not have challenged you. They might not have pushed back against you. They might not have had opinions of their own or or a bar that they held for the people around them. So anyways, I just find that inspiring and like kind of a gut check for myself as I talk with other people and a gut check for myself as I seek out mentors and ask advice from people. It's like, you know, be careful who you ask advice from because <laughs> these are the kinds of stories that you're going to remember or take away Mm -hmm. uh, years from now and make sure it's the right kind of story about how you achieved excellence. So love it. Love the story time. Cool. Glad it was useful. Yeah, man. I I think we've talked about this on the show, but I'm whenever I'm designing, I I think of them as little shoulder angels like Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, and John Griffin is one of those. He sits on my shoulder and every once in a while he pipes in and goes, ah, it doesn't have to be right. It just has to look right. And I go, yeah, you're right, John. Okay, cool. You know. <laughs> Thanks, John. Uh-huh. And I have yeah. dozens of these of, of mentors throughout my career that have, have helped me and, and dropped these nuggets on me. And I remember that shit. So it's good practice. I love that. Yeah. Like, I love that exercise of what would insert person who I respect do in this situation? Or what would I what would they ask me? Like, what, what am I pretty sure that they would push back against? I also have someone like this in my life. And it, it's almost always like, how could this be more fun? Mm-hmm. My software style aesthetic things that I gravitate towards are much more utilitarian, stark, white and black, clean mm-hmm. lines, correct spacing. Like it's fine, but it's almost a little bit boring. And so I have to remind myself, you know, this person might say, yeah, but how can you make this more fun? How could you make somebody have a nice time using this? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, isn't that funny? Like I bet these people might not remember those moments ever again, but it's just this like long lived impact. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee John does not remember that conversation that we had, but I do. And you know, my hope is that throughout my career, 
I have that impact on other folks. And there are moments that just slip past for me that I'm just like, yeah, I just said some shit one day. But like for them, it's stuck. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. That's a different way of thinking about it I hadn't considered. And 20 years later, they're still thinking about it. I find that equal parts exciting and scary. Terrifying. Yeah. The exciting <laughs> yeah. part is like, on the one hand, wow, you know, you are working with people and you might actually be able to change the way they think about design. And, you know, based on your track record, like maybe it helps them level up quicker or whatever. And then the terrifying part is, what if you say something when you're having a bad day and that's what they remember? It's like, no, <laughs> I was having a bad day. I was tired. I I was frustrated with my job or whatever. And I, I kind of blew off some piece of feedback. Yeah. Constant tough, mindfulness. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's terrifying because I change my mind all the time and I disagree with past Marshall constantly. So hopefully the things I'm imparting are relatively evergreen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every every week we're catching uh, one slice of Marshall, just a moment in time, <laughs> and recording it for the whole internet to remember forever. So. In perpetuity, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. perpetuity. All right. Glad well, you enjoyed it. Fantastic story. Do you want to talk about uh, some, some cool jobs? Ooh, yeah, jobs. <laughs> Are you looking for a new job? You, you trying to find a design position out there? Have we got some companies for you? Boy, oh, boy. With the the market, the world, the uh, the stocks being as they are, I imagine a lot of people have a question on their mind, like, what's next for me? So we have been curating some fantastic jobs from some fantastic companies over at designdetails.fm slash jobs. We have a bunch of them, and we're going to tell you about four of them today, but be sure to catch the rest at designdetails.fm slash jobs. Marshall, I'll kick us off. Universe. Universe is hiring a product designer who is obsessed with the delightful possibilities of software and sees UI design as an artistic medium, not just a method of problem solving. Join a new kind of design studio and shape a product that represents a radically better internet. That's a universe. And next up, we have Mercury. They are hiring product designers. Mercury powers the banking stack for companies like Linear, Maven, and Mighty. Join them to build beautiful software for founders. Learn about the remote-friendly team and roles at mercury.design. And just a disclaimer, Mercury is a financial technology company that works with banks. We also got Webflow. They are hiring designers across all of their various product pillars focused on growth, collaboration, the designer, and site capabilities. The role is remote-first with the option to work in their San Francisco office. Nice. Thank you, Webflow. And lastly, we have Raycast. Well, not lastly, just lastly for this group of four that we're talking about on the show. There's plenty more on designdetails.fm slash jobs, but Raycast, they make it simple, fast, and delightful to control your tools. They're looking for an experienced individual to join their small team to redesign and improve core app functionality, tools to enable developers to create new extensions, and rethink components across the platform. Sounds juicy, Brian. Juicy, juicy. I love Raycast. It's my it's my spotlight replacement of yeah. choice. All right. Thank you uh, to all the companies who yes. are supplying these awesome jobs. Once again, designdetails.fm slash jobs. Marshall, cool things. Cool things. You go first. All right. My cool thing. I'm going to shake it up this time. I don't know that we've ever done this. Okay. Maybe I have. I don't know. My cool thing this week is a place. Ooh, okay. And it is the place where I currently am. And that place is called Nashville, Tennessee. Marshall, I'm in Nashville. And uh, boy, oh boy, howdy, has it been a lot of fun. We were out here last week for a GitHub design team offsite. We had 60 designers Wow. Packed into Nashville and uh, we had a good time. We ate some hot chicken. 
We had uh, we sang some karaoke. Some people uh, rode a mechanical bull. I I did not ride the mechanical bull. I'm, <laughs> I'm too self conscious. Uh, but yeah, I had never been to Marsh uh, Nashville, Marshville. <laughs> I'd never been to Nashville. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I like Marshville better. Let's stay with that. Marshall, yeah. Just so pleasantly surprised. I didn't know what to expect really, but it is a beautiful city, clean, lots of fun stuff to do, good food. Effie joined me on Friday and we've just been going out exploring. We have cars, so we're kind of driving and seeing some different parts of town, seeing some different neighborhoods, but also of course just doing all the touristy shit that you're supposed to do here, like go out on Broadway. So mm-hmm. uh, that's my cool thing this week is Nashville for people who haven't been. It's a little hot right now in yeah. the summer. But honestly, I kind of dig it. San Francisco is great. San Francisco summers are cold as shit. I know you, you're in a little bit of a heat. Uh, week, yeah, I, I do week, not think that applies to today. But not, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know generally, today was a hot sure. at the time we were recording this. But generally speaking, I kind of dig the hot, humid vibes, at least for a couple of weeks. We're having fun. So that's my cool thing. Cool thing. Did you go to Dollywood? That's down there. No, right? I think that's a little further out. Okay. But we have seen plenty of Dolly Parton murals statues signage mm-hmm. i mean she is definitely a, a monument in this town yeah she's an icon for sure all right cool thing brian uh my cool thing this week is a music video you probably haven't seen it and actually i want to try something brian let's take a moment here and i want you to watch this music video right now and then and then we'll talk about it <laughs> All right, are we going to record my live reaction over audio? I'll probably cut it out. We'll, okay, come, okay. we'll come back on the other side. Okay. You give me a countdown. Three, two, one. Click. click. Damn, dude. Isn't that cool? Uh, that video was a work of art. Right? <sighs> the render on that must have taken Forever. like four and a half years. Forever, yeah. Oh, my lanta. Okay, so my cool thing is, is a <laughs> very much not safe for work music video, both in visual and audio content. Um, it's uh, Cash In, Cash Out by Pharrell featuring 21 Savage and Tyler, the creator. It's a banger of a song, but the music video is like nothing I've ever seen before. So, yeah, I don't I've never seen a video like that uh, for the listener. If you don't know what a zoetrope is, um, you might have seen it before, but not know the term for it. It takes advantage of the wagon wheel effect. So if you've ever been on the highway and you look at a car next to you, like because of the way the hubcap is spinning, it, it looks like it's going backwards, even though it's going forwards really fast. Yeah. It's this uh, illusion. It's called the wagon wheel effect. It's the same mechanism being used for a zoetrope. It's, uh, so imagine like imagine a wheel on its side, like kind of a clay turning wheel, right? And around the edge of the wheel, you have statues that are very similar, but slightly different in such a way that when you spin the wheel really fast and flash a strobe light at it, every time the light shows, it is the next statue on the wheel. And it creates an animated effect that you've probably seen this with like the running horse. The running horse. Exactly. Classic example. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one where you like look through a slit on the outside of a circle of paper and the image is drawn on the inside of the paper. But I think there was a Toy Story one that they did a while ago that had a bunch of different vignettes. But that's the concept of this video. It's a giant fucking zoetrope with all of these little vignettes throughout the different tiers of this like birthday cake looking thing. And it starts off the video with the zoetrope still, 
and it slowly spins up and it's a motion blur and you can't really tell what's going on. But then the, the strobe light starts flashing and you realize like, oh shit, it's a zoetrope. So it's this like low frame rate, uh, fully CG, I'm sure. Like all of it is computer generated, but it looks realistic, complete with uh, like IRL artifacts, like the common elements from frame to frame shift slightly because they're like actually different statues around the edge of the thing. You know what I mean? So like there's this slight imperfection, the slight jostle that everything has. Not to mention all the texture and everything. There's, if something is off the ground, it's held in place with a rod. There's a character that's jumping down from the top tier to a middle tier off the bottom tier. And so like there are rods going up to the ceiling all the way around the thing. It's like claymation meets stop motion yeah. meets flipbook meets 3D zoetrope spinner. Yeah, it's impo- yeah. And, and beautiful cinematography. The camera angles they picked, the way that you can kind of see the rest of the zoetrope, like all the other vignettes in the background, in yeah. the background that you haven't seen yet or that you have seen. And like everything is just like a one second loop. So as it's cutting between these different vignettes throughout the video, the mouths are in sync. So it's it's all the characters like Pharrell, 21, and Tyler, but they uh, are repeating, their bodies are repeating the same loop over and over again because it's, you know, spinning around on the zoetrope, but their lips are keeping up with the song. So uh, it's a really cool effect. Uh, there's some funny reveals throughout of like, oh, Tyler's face is on that person's body. Got it, got it, got mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like one of the most bizarre, cool music videos I've seen in a long, long, long time. And the song's a banger, so I had to make it a cool thing. Dope. Link in the show notes. Cool, cool thing, Marshall. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, ready to get out of here? Yeah, this has been episode 442 of the Design Details Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought. As always, we're on Twitter at Design Details FM. Tweet at us. DM us. If you like this and you want to hear more of us, join us on Patreon. It's just a dollar a month and you get access to bonus content called the Sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. (laughs) Sidebar, sidebar, sidebar. Thanks everyone for supporting the show this week. That's it. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye. It's not easy to take your watch off and then put it on the charger in the middle of the night. This is a complicated hand-eye coordination thing going on. I'm useless unless I'm fully awake, Brian. Uh How is this happening? I have no recollection. Did you ever watch the the paranormal activity movies? Uh-huh. You know, with like the, the night vision security cameras and stuff? Uh-huh. Yeah, lay down some flour on the floor, figure out what's going on. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I think you should set one of those up in your bedroom and mm-hmm. make para-friendly activity or something. <laughs> and it's just about ghosts kind of looking out for you, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. It'll just call it normal activity. <laughs> normal activity. Rated PG. <laughs>